Welcome, bride chillas and groom chillas. Groom chillas, Alicia. Let's、uh, let's workshop that. You're listening to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one wedding podcast hosted by author, comedian, and wedding advice giverer Alicia McCormick. Thursday means it is Q and A Thursday on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, and I'm your host Alicia with a slight cold. It's like a man cold, but I'm a lady because I'm not really sick. It's just annoying. Just get, either make me really sick or not sick at all. I've got, a, I've got lots of things to do. Rich and I are actually packing up our apartment at the moment. We are moving on Saturday in two days' time. We are moving not very far, but it's annoying enough to have to just pack all your shit up and then realise all of the stuff we've hoarded over the last two years. We have been in London. This is our third year now. And we basically packed up all of our life in Melbourne, and got it down to three suitcases, and then shipped a little bit of stuff home to Richard's parents' house. Veronica, my lovely mother-in-law, they live on a farm, so we've sort of stored some stuff there. But otherwise, we got rid of all of our possessions and just came across here with our suitcases and set up shop. So. After and I'm going to call it the trauma of moving across the world and having to go through a whole two-bedroom apartment and get rid of all of our stuff. I have sort of become an anti-hoarder, in a way. Well, I thought I was, and then we've been packing all weekend, and、uh, I'm recording this on a Sunday to try and get ahead of the time. There you go, trade secrets. And <laughs> I've been really careful of not collecting stuff, but we've still collected stuff. Anyway, the charity shops—they got a lot of donations yesterday, and、uh, I'm quite nervous. I'm going to take the microphone because I feel like you would enjoy this. We have to go to IKEA next Saturday. We've got a van. We're going to move all our stuff ourselves to this new place, and then we must go to IKEA to buy certain things. This could lead to divorce. You could be hearing the Save the Date Wedding Podcast breakup episode. That will be next Q <laughs> Q and A Thursday. I'll probably share that with you. If my marriage is still together, I'm a little nervous. However, I am so excited because, as I said last week, I've got the lovely Jess on board helping me out with my life admin. That is a term that Rich and I seem to have adapted, adopted quite a lot in our life. That is when you've got a lot of emails, a lot of stuff that you put aside, and then go, "Oh my God, it's going to take me five hours to go through this because I've left it for so long." I try and find myself emailing on the train, keeping abreast of things, which is hard. So I have got a lovely helper. She's great, and she is getting my shit in order. And you'll probably get an email back from her if you send me a Q and A question. She is so quick back saying, "Alicia, here's a great Q and A question. Would you read this and respond, please?" Or she might she might send you a lovely response. So I want you to know, as I said last week, I am listening. I am reading every email. I just don't always have time to personally、uh, write long emails back immediately. I will always try and get back to you. But it's nice to have someone acknowledge. She's gorgeous. And I'm really loving the hell out of her, and she's made me a wonderful spreadsheet of all your Q and A questions, so I can get through more and also acknowledge them.、Mm. That was me squealing with delight over being organised. God, I love it. Now, last Q and A Thursday, I received a wonderful voice message from an anonymous couple asking for some advice about not inviting some friends to their wedding. Which just happens to fall a week after 
the other people's wedding. Is that right? I'm going to get them to explain it because they have responded in kind with a voicemail. I love them. Here we go. Hi, Alicia. This is a bride chiller from Los Angeles. My fiance and I had called in regarding uh, whether or not we can go to a wedding the week after hours without inviting the bride and groom to our wedding the week before. Um, as a follow-up, we have decided to attend the wedding that we are invited to. Um, however, as of now, they won't be invited to ours, um, but we are planning to include them on our B list of invites. I know that you have spoken about this concept previously on the podcast of how to um, send out invites in increments. And so there is an A list of invites that predominantly has family and like, VIP friends that have to be there um, based on any de- uh, any declines of the, our invites, then we will extend the invite to the bride and groom. Um, I was totally, sorry to interrupt, but I was totally going to come on and explain all that, but she's just done it for you. The A and the B list. It doesn't mean that you don't like the B list anymore. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to, I think it's like episode four or five, like really go back into the archives of this podcast. It's called The Guest List, Who's In, Who's Out. It really just goes through my theory on who is important and who you should be inviting to your wedding in particular, if you are having a small event or if you have a list of 200 and you only got a budget to pay for 60 people, it's my sort of process of how I went and how Rich and I went through uh, going through the guest list and trying to figure out who is meaningful to you, who is absolutely vital to have there and to extend the invitation to, and to who may be just a secondary person in your life. Doesn't mean you don't like them. Doesn't mean you don't have respect for them and enjoy their company. It just means who you can legitimately invite first up when it comes to your wedding. I think she explained that very well. Please continue on. Whom we will be attending their wedding the week after. Um, it would be fabulous to go to a honeymoon the week after, and this wouldn't even be an issue, except for we are planning to postpone our honeymoon until kind of all the hubbub dies down. Uh, we are the type of people that vacation really hardcore, and we wake up every single morning very early and tour all day long, and we are anticipating that for a honeymoon, we will probably want to do nothing and sit on our butts on a beach somewhere. So um, we have decided to postpone that. Another thing to note is that on my previous voicemail, um, I sound like a five-year-old. My voice is very high and dainty. (laughs) I'm also going to just cut in here and say I did not ever think that. And I always think it's weird listening back to your voice. Now, I have a cold today and I'm hearing it going, I sound like a bit like a man. You might not be thinking that, but I do in my headphones now. I'm like, Alicia, you're an audio professional. This is the only time I've got to record this podcast. So I don't think Anonymous Bride Chiller, you sound like a little girl, but I do think I sound like someone from a rugby player, you know, like this. And I just wanted to let you know that I... I'm not five years old. I am 27 and of marrying age in the U.S. Um, I saw on your Facebook, coincidentally, you had posted on the same day that I sent in my voicemail about underage marriages. And 
OMGs. Okay, can I just explain that before she goes on? The day was, it was National International Women's Day. And I will actually, this is a really good opportunity for me to talk about this. Um, the wonderful Bridal Musings. You heard Claire on Monday's episode and UNICEF came together to share a campaign they've been working on. It's brilliant about child marriage about the fact that there are a lot of countries, third world sort of countries, and not sometimes not third world countries, where underage marriage is something that is not even given a second thought. There are kids, and they are kids, being married off and without choice. So they decided to come together, UNICEF and Bridal Musings, to create this wonderful campaign that looked like a wedding blog. It was so clever and they shared this with all this sort of big premium, primo, as we would say in Australia, uh, bridal blogs. And I was delighted to be invited to, to participate in this, where we would share Instagram posts and Facebook posts and the Bridal Musing blog. And it made this photo shoot that they did with a little girl and this man, they're actors, it wasn't real, but made it look like a bridal blog to say, listen... We share these pictures of our beautiful weddings all the time, but what if you were confronted with an image of a child being married off to this adult and make it look really pretty? And it went off. It was such a successful campaign, and I was so proud to see all of my colleagues in the wedding industry participating and getting involved and sharing the message because really we can turn a blind eye to so many things and unfortunately this is one of those topics that I don't think gets enough press and it's fucking disgusting when you start reading about what's happening and how uh, governments and uh, religions are allowing this to happen. So it was a really good a really good campaign and I think it was really successful. And I'd love to talk to Claire. I will actually follow up with Claire to try and get her to come on and talk a little bit about how they came to do this and also just how successful it was because it was everywhere. On my Instagram account, you might have seen it. it they look like gorgeous little wedding images that we share all the time and uh, it was spread everywhere. I shall continue, but that was just, oh my gosh, Anonymous Bride Chiller, purely a coincidence. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that everything is okay over here, um, <laughs> and there, I, there's no need to worry on my end. Um, however, I do support your cause, and I am glad that someone is talking about it and getting it out there. It is astounding to think that this is still occurring elsewhere in the world so thank you so much for your quick turnaround i appreciate all the advice we will let you know if we do end up going if we if they end up going what kind of gift they get us and all of that hubbub in months to come um this probably won't be my last question so i appreciate it thank you so much keep up the good work and say hello to the team for us thank you bye-bye well, I'm delighted to hear that you might be coming back and you should be coming back because I love answering your questions and it was so nice to have a voicemail. And for that, I did say last week, if you send me a voicemail and I pick the voicemail uh, of the week, that I'm going to send you a tote bag. And that, my lovely lady, I'm going to send you a uh, a beautiful bride chiller tote bag that you can you can just carry all your shit in. That's basically what it's about. I love it, and I'm so happy that you are so positive about that campaign as well. Jess has told me I have to answer at least three Q&A questions this episode or I'll be in big trouble, so I mustn't be talking about myself too much, which really kills me. Um, <laughs> that is terrible. Uh, Hayley, 
has written to me. She is in uh, she is in Chicago. She says, hey, Alicia, still listening to the podcast in Chicago. There you go. Still loving it. Thanks again for answering my previous question about bridal showers on the show. No problemo. I love it. I love that you've taken another chance to write to me. Thank you. She says, I have a question about photography. We are on a tight budget, of course, and one of the areas we are going to try and cut the cost was photography. However, I often hear you speaking, such as in the show with Jen and Jess, that is Jen and Jess from uh, Something Turquoise and the Budget Savvy Bride, they spoke about this, that many brides deeply regret not having a professional photographer. It's the one thing they would change. I brought this up with my lovely and very rational fiancé. Oh, I love it. It's good. See, couples couples know each other. Rational. Love it. Uh, so and he said, we should search out stories from couples who do not regret skipping on photography so we can get the other side of the story. Now I'm going to pause and say to you right now, if you are also following Haley's path of perhaps not getting a professional photographer, then I would like to hear from you. This is what's so great about this podcast, that people can leave voice messages or you can follow up. Feedback really helps me and I know it helps other bride chillers and groom chillers. So my first call out to you before I continue reading Haley's email is if you are thinking along the same lines, if you have alternatives to a pro photographer, then I want to hear about it. I know I'm always banging on about putting all of your money into photography and not skimping or not taking shortcuts, or if you are taking shortcuts, um, making sure that you are hiring someone that can do the job legitimately. I think it's great. I want to expand. I want to be able to share other stories. So if that's you, get in touch, leave a voice message. I want to hear your thoughts. She says, she goes on, here are some of the reasons we originally decided to not hire a professional. The first is, it isn't in our current budget. Fair play, fair play. We have, uh, we'd have to decide that it's valuable enough for us to expand our budget to fit the cost. If we decide to splurge, we couldn't spend more than $400, which wouldn't go that far anyway. Number two, it isn't our style to put up pictures of ourselves in our home. And I'm not sure we'd put them all over Facebook either, since not everyone can be invited. I mostly like to flip through pictures on my phone or computer just to remind myself of experiences I've had. The pictures don't have to be beautiful to remind me of my beautiful, uh, a beautiful time in my life. Okay, she goes on and I'm going to continue, but I wanted to just put my two cents in here or two pence or two yen. So Rich and I are also not people that have pictures of ourselves up in our home. We have no wedding photos up in our house. I do have a couple on Facebook. I do use them for bizarrely now. I didn't, when we got married, I had no idea I was going to be creating a wedding podcast, but I like to share them with you. And uh, I also, this is a weird one. I've never really said this and it sounds strange when I say it out loud, but we have Apple TV. And when you have the, um, when you have the TV on like screensaver mode, Rich hooked up lots of photos of us and our travels and the wedding and lots of things that sort of auto plays on the TV screen. Now, it's not like we just sit at home looking at pictures of ourselves because that's incredibly vacuous and just not our beef. But it's sort of nice sometimes we'll go, oh, that's when we went to Italy or that's when we went bush walking and Dan broke his bloody leg. And so, you know, it's one of those things that auto plays and we occasionally will look at it if we're sitting or we're playing music via the Apple TV, via the speakers. And it's nice. But I totally get what you're saying, Hayley. We are not the people. I know I, I have 
people in my life that you walk into their homes, no judgment in a way, and it's just like a catalogue of their lives. It's all over everywhere. They've had the professional photographs done. It's just, you know, fine. If that's your choice, great. But also, again, I share your beef with, I don't need to put 4,000 photos up on Facebook. It's not really our style either. But also, two points here. We had a photo book made. I did it. I just did it online. I know photographers like to try and upsell, and that's totally cool. And they do make beautiful photo book, photograph books, no dissing. But I did it. It cost us like 60 bucks. It took my time. And also, uh, you know, we wanted to add the wedding readings in and add some candid photos from friends, as well as our beautiful photographs, which was taken by uh, Louisa Bailey, if you're looking. And that was really cool. The other thing is, in December, my beautiful Poppy passed away, and... I loved him so much and he's such a big part of our family, of course. And I went back and I looked at photos of him with Rich and I and him on the day and him dancing and it was so special. And I really looked at those photos with new light, new eyes because he's not here anymore. But the the day, he was really on par. He was 94 and he really kicked ass on our wedding day. He got up and danced. It was a maze. So I just recently went back and looked at our wedding photos and went, man, that was great. And he was really on form that day. So I cherish having that memory. So I totally respect you saying, you know, you don't want to put up photos all over the house. But also, I don't think you should underestimate the power of good photography and capturing moments. And this is what a really good photographer does. And this is what Lou did for our photography. And I know I would extend this to a lot of uh, my wedding colleagues, wedding planning colleagues would say the same thing. A good photographer will be able to capture moments you don't even know are being captured. And you might go through a thousand photographs later on and put them on a USB or put them on a stick, but you never know in a time of your life where you will go back and want to look at them and see a person that's not here anymore or capture a moment that you didn't know was captured. So that is my, I'm totally getting exactly what you're saying, but I feel like that's what you're also paying for. Someone that can take a good image, but also be able to know when to capture the image and be sort of a ninja and get in there and make it happen. She also says, we have several friends who are amateur photographers who have offered to take photos for us that are on the night as our gifts. We're thinking of dividing the night and asking them each to cover a part so we can document the whole evening. We would also ask our guests to upload any photos they take to an app like WedPix so we can also see them. We are also using a wedding hashtag for Instagram photos. All very good points. I do think if you were going down the amateur friends photography route, I'm not saying that they are not going to be good photographers, but I do think it's clever to divide and conquer because if one is a little dodgy and you do choose to do this just quietly, you know you've got some later on in the night. However, I'm going to counter that with if there are big moments, big moments that might be, I don't know, even just you dancing. Honestly, one of my favorite photos taken on the day is me warming my ass against a fire and my, our friend Duncan took it. And it's not a, like Duncan's a great photographer. It's not a great photo because I'm warming my ass in front of a fire. But that photo brings back so many memories because <laughs> at the end of the night, I'm a little bit drunk. It's just a couple of people all sitting around. Everyone else had been put on the bus and gone home. But it's one of those moments that I look at that photo and I'm taken immediately back to that moment of laughing, 
being a little bit cold, shoving my wedding dress covered ass near an open fire. And uh, I'll post it on Instagram. It's very silly. Look at today's Instagram. You will see the photo if you want to see it. It's not a, a great photo. And I also want to say that Duncan took many other wonderful photos that day. And I will also share some of those just to prove he's a wonderful photographer. But that was after Louisa, our, our beautiful photographer, had left. He captured that. So yes, I do think there are moments where you need to be careful that you have coverage. So perhaps if there are key moments in the night, like the, I don't know, speeches are always nice to capture reactions and uh, dancing, cake cutting, if that's important to you. But just make sure you get the coverage. Make sure you have a couple of people doing it at the same time, because also we go back to that idea of people knowing what to get. A good wedding photographer has been to lots of weddings and sort of knows the schedule and knows what people are going to be doing and what people are going to be uh, reacting to. Again, some of my other favorite photos of our wedding are Rich's um, speech and also Dan. You heard lovely Dan Burt, my beautiful best man. Louisa took a couple of photos of Dan doing the speech, but then she sat on Rich and I and took all these amazing photos of us laughing. Like I was crying with laughter. And Julia, my best friend sitting next to me, and Nicole, who you heard last week, these are all like photos of us just giggling our pants off at Dan. And they were the photos that Rich would be adding to our Apple TV little rotation of us just oh losing our shit, really hilarious and also touching. So if a good trained person will know where to run and where to gather and you know what sort of thing to take, Again, I know I'm probably not saying what you want to hear, but I want to put it all out there because I pride myself in giving you all the information and allowing you to then go away and make your own decision. She goes on. Our wedding will also be a casual and simple affair. We're not spending a lot of time or money on gorgeous decorations that we need to capture. We're just having a casual one-room event with a dinner and a dance party. Again, that's exactly what we had and uh, the photos were all, for me, about people. I didn't give a shit about decorations. Honestly, I did not give a shit. Also, she says, I'm not the most photogenic person in the world. I really like a photo of myself, especially candid. I hate to go outside of our budget to get photos that I don't love. Help! It seems like everyone is saying to hire a professional. I'm just not sure if it's right for us, but I don't want to regret it later on. What do you think? And are there any DIY photography success stories out there? Good. I'm glad she said that again because I want to hear it. My thoughts, and here, Hayley, what I would really like you to do is reply to this with a voicemail. I think we all want to hear your thoughts on this because you've been very clear, you've really thought this through, but I want to hear your reaction to my response because I really believe for 400 bucks, you'll be able to find someone to come along and capture even just two hours of professional photography. I know that we can find you a photographer to come along and cover the big bits, the key moments. And that point you made about not being photogenic, I know there are probably hundreds, if not thousands of people out there listening going, you know what, I don't always love every photo taken of me. I certainly don't. I can tell you when I go and have a headshot done for comedy, my last headshot photography session, they took like 500 photos and I picked two. This is not, I'm not like a great beauty. There's just no doubt about it. But I know a good photographer can capture a right sort of moment for me, a good makeup artist as well. And uh, I'm happy with the job. I'm saying I love everything. But again, a professional photographer will take photos that you are going to cherish and love. Even if you're looking at them on your iPhone, like you said. 
I think you should be really open-minded about expanding the budget just slightly and also contacting photographers that are willing to split the day. Perhaps you're looking at your time, the timing of your wedding, you can approach a photographer and say, I just want two hours of your time. What will you, what's the best price you can do? And, uh, how do we work it? Maybe they can split it with another wedding in the evening. I think you should really seriously consider this. Also get your friends and family to collate their their photos on the day using WebPix or Appy Couple. But I just seriously want you to consider this option and not miss out on something that 20, 30 years down the track, you'll be going, oh, I wish we had some decent photos. No disrespect to your beautiful friends. I'm sure they're great photographers, but I want you to be open-minded. There it is. I would like you to get in touch, listeners, bride chillers, groom chillers, other chillers, and Haley, and let me know what you think. And if I've missed out on something, I am always miss out on things. There's no doubt about it. Leave me a voicemail and you may also get a tote bag. There you go. Thanks so much, Haley, for sharing your thoughts. And I hope we can come to a conclusion that suits everyone. Well, mostly, mostly suits you because it's your wedding. And you need to do what's best for you. And again, I absolutely respect that you have a budget and you're sticking to it because that is truly bride chiller when you go, no, 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 that's what we're spending. That's it. But I also think maybe you could look at the budget and shave something else off somewhere else or make some compromises. Just saying. All right. I can't wait to hear your response and uh, bride chillers and groom chillers out there, your thoughts on this topic. Very interesting. Karen has sent me a message via the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Facebook page. She says, hey, Leisha, we are having a child-free wedding. Sounds harsh, I know. Actually, I don't think it sounds harsh at all. And uh, we will address invitees by name in our invites in hope that it makes it super clear it's just the name guests who are included. Good. Very good. That's how it should be done. She says, however, I've heard stories of RSVPers writing in the names of their children when they RSVP anyway. Any tips on how to tastefully and respectfully mention that children are not included in the invite? Thanks in advance, bride chiller Karen. Karen, great question. And can I just firstly say what a bunch of assholes of people writing in names into RSVPs. That is so bad. That is so rude. And also, you know, I think it's just disrespectful. So my initial feelings, I've talked a little bit about kids in weddings before and kids in weddings as in having child-free weddings. Actually, you can go back and listen. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the number of the episode. It's the first episode I recorded with my mother-in-law, Veronica. It's about two months ago. And uh, she had a good answer to the child-free wedding situation. My thoughts are, there are some really good quotes, and I will add it to the show notes today. I will find them and add them so we don't have to read them all out. But we had a bit of a way to say, hey, this is an adult party. Have a night off enjoy yourself and uh, we want to share this with you instead of, you know, you running around after your kids. We didn't say it like that. Clearly, it was a little bit more succinct and fun and polite, but there are ways to say it that are actually saying, don't bring your kids, please, in a nice way. And then also a way that actually says, this is not going to be, this is non-negotiable. I think it's really important for you to be, you know, transparent when it comes to this and doesn't, and then therefore doesn't give them a reason to be rude and write something down. So I do think it's important to add a note. And also, if there are people that you think will do this, maybe it's, it's a grow, it's, this is awful to say grow a pair because this is really, that's a crude way to say it, but to be really ballsy and to have a phone conversation or meet them and say, look, 
we really want you to enjoy this and it's a we want this to be a, a nighttime adult party or a daytime adult party and we want you to be focused and have a night off. I don't think that's disrespectful. So Karen, I think it's not harsh at all. We didn't want any kids at our wedding and the only kids we had were newborns and you know, I think that's fair. They were very quiet. They just wanted a little feed and a little sleep and they went to another room. So I think I think that's actually what we said. Unless they're unless they're really new, please leave the kids at home. Bye. I will though, if you go to save the date and you go to episodes, you see today's episode will pop up on the website. I will add a couple of examples of ways that you can say that without sounding like a brick. Thank you, Karen, for your email. Look at me powering on. I really appreciate the Facebook message. Jennifer also contacted me via the Facebook. She says, I love your podcast. I listen to it all day at work, seven to five. Not kidding. Whoa. If Rich was here right now, he'd be like, even I don't listen to it that much. Anyway, two weeks ago, I got engaged to the love of my life, Josh. Congrats. I've been with him since I was 15 when we met at an anime convention in New Orleans and about a month later, we started dating. Oh, I love it. I really want to have the wedding at the hotel we met at our anniversary next year. The only problem is that'll cost about $1,500 and his grandparents who are paying for the wedding haven't told us their budget yet. Hey, fair play, fair play. Although this is a discussion that has to be had. Uh, She goes on and says, Now I make a decent amount of my job, so I'm just wondering if I should go ahead and book the venue now and pay for it myself and use their money for something else, like the flowers or something. Or is that a complete wedding no-no? Thanks so much, Jen. Jen, I think if you want that hotel and it's important to you, which it sounds like it really is, and it's a great idea... Then, girlfriend, you should go ahead and book that hotel. You should pay for it now. Now, that doesn't say that they aren't paying for it. I just think you put the money down, you secure it, you know what you want to get, and then later on, when they do decide their budget, you can say that they don't even have to know you've already booked it, to be honest. I'm not saying lie. I'm just saying you put the money down, pay it, make sure it's yours, and then later on, you can transfer some of that money to the venue or, as you said, allocate the money to other expenses. I think it's very generous that they're offering to pay for it and lovely. And if you can afford to do that right now, don't miss out on something that you really want to do. And I love the significance of your your venue for you. Anime. Oh my gosh, it's so interesting. I have so many questions. Are you going to be having some anime-themed things added to the wedding? Are you still into the anime? Oh, Love it. Is Astro Boy considered to be anime? Because I used to bloody love Astro Boy. Do you remember Astro Boy? Here's the theme tune. It's in Japanese, not in English. Well, it's great. Anyway, there it is. That's enough for everyone. Well, it's all Japanese. I think they're saying Astro Boy. Listen to that 80s funk. This is 1980. This is before all of you were born. It was really sad because he was a little boy robot and all he wanted to do was be alive, but he was a robot. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anyway. That's me. I'm so sorry for taking you on that weird tangent. But Astro Boy was a big part of my childhood. And that's my only real connection with manga and anime. Anyway, are you having... Oh, my God. I think the small head cold's really making me a bit nuts. Are you going to be incorporating them to the wedding? I'd like to know. 
let me know. Leave me a voice message. Okay, I promised that I would get through three questions, but I have hit the 30-minute mark. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Jess is going to be really angry. I'll get a spanking later because I did not get that third question. But I promise in the Friday quickie, I'm going to answer that question. That is tomorrow. If you are new to the podcast, three episodes per week. Monday is usually a themed episode. Thursday, what day is it today? Is a Q&A episode. Friday, Friday quickie. It's where I catch up on stuff. And I really enjoy answering your questions. I had no idea when I first started this podcast that I would get so many wonderful questions and correspondences from you out there. And um, it's really, honestly, we could fill like two weeks with Q&A. But keep sending them because Jess is scheduling them and I'm making them happen. And I love, love, love getting your responses. All right. I will not take too, too much more of your time. I'm going to go eat some noodles and watch House of Cards. I don't know if you are watching House of Cards at the moment, but I'm obsessed with the Underwoods and their evil plans of world domination. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's on Netflix. It's a great drama. Rich and I are hooked. We have to really just step away from the television to do some packing and to run a podcast and do to our day jobs. But honestly, I would have binged this thing. If we had the physical time to watch it, I would have binged it now. All right, until tomorrow's Friday quickie, I hope you're having a fabulous Thursday. We're nearly at the weekend. We're nearly at Ikea time. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.